0: Welcome to Experiencing Consciousness. My name is Jan Diba.
1: And I'm Dr. Katherine Rossi. We're happy you're here.
0: Okay, so today we're gonna talk about the burden of effective psychotherapy. So the first question, the first general question is actually, what is the burden of effective psychotherapy and who is responsible for what during that process?
1: Well, I'm so glad you're asking this question because we've been talking a fair amount of how therapists can take care of themselves so they can be at their best and that they can be the most brilliant psychotherapist that's possible. And so this concept of who has the burden for effective psychotherapy is right in the center of that discussion. That's interesting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. You know, you don't think about that, um, most therapists don't think about how they're going to take care of themselves, but in when when you take care of yourself, you're also able to take better care of the client. So um, it's very interesting that the burden of effective psychotherapy rests on the client. You can be so motivated as a therapist to try to help solve the problem that the client is giving you, of being so clever, of being so witty, of thinking it through. But the truth of the matter is, unless the motivation comes from the client, how are they going to change? So um, I was restudying a little bit this morning about the origins of this concept of the burden of effective psychotherapy. And it came from Milton Erickson, the modern day father of therapeutic hypnosis. In 1964, That was a few days ago, wasn't it?
0: (laughs) Quite a few days, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, as we do the math, it's like that was thousands of days ago. And he had tremendous success with his patients. In those days, people were called patients. They weren't called clients. And he was a medical doctor. So that was particularly appropriate. And sometimes people would come to him and they'd been unsuccessful in psychotherapy where they'd been in analysis five days a week for four years and their problems were actually worse. Now, psychoanalysis works really well for a lot of people, but then there's there's those few it doesn't work for and they need something different.
0: Individualized treatment.
1: You know, real individualized treatment. And so um, in the 60s in particular, a lot of people were going to, to uh, psychoanalysis. There wasn't, a, there wasn't the variety of psychotherapies that we have today. And um, so he would have patients come in uh, to say that, you know, I have this um, medical condition. I have high blood pressure. I'm smoking too much. I'm eating too much. Um, I'm, I'm really in bad shape, and I, I need help. And um, I don't know, it just hasn't been working for me. And so Erickson would do something really different. How exactly he worked with these people, the technique that he used, I think is really telling. So he knew that in order for this person who'd been in therapy for years to change, is that they needed to take responsibility for themselves because the locus of change is w- within the individual. So he, um, he would have them very slowly tell their story to him. And, and then he, he might ask them to modify something here or there. And at the end of their telling the story, they would, they would say what they wanted. For instance, for a person who was, uh, wanted to quit smoking, the question would be, how is it that, that smoking, you know, what do you want out of smoking, for instance? So he would say, I want you to do this really slowly and to tell me the story. And he knew that the, the, the client themselves would go into a naturalistic trance state as they were telling the story. And he could hear when they were slowing down with the story or their voice would get quieter and quieter and he'd have to say, you got to speak up now. And he'd have them repeat the story. And each time they repeated their story and they got towards the end about what they wanted, that began to modify. Now Erickson never told them what to do. And um, so it was often telling the story three or four times, and then the, they would leave, and they'd contact him later to say, doctor, I don't have this problem anymore. But the, uh, this clever way of giving the responsibility to the client is what he knew was going to be the locus of success, because they had not been successful before.
0: Yeah, and uh, in the, in this article that you referred to the burden of effective psychotherapy, the burden of responsibility for effective psychotherapy, there is a good example for it uh, for, uh, of, uh, of a person, uh, of a man who came to him uh, to quit smoking actually. Mm-hmm. And what he did was, uh, he, he asked him to tell the story, and then he asked the person uh, to tell him what actually he wants and how he thinks he can do it. Do I re- remember that correctly?
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: And then, when mm-hmm. he was telling that to to Dr. Erickson, he would uh, ask him to repeat that many times and go deeper into a trance while doing that. Mm-hmm so that it would go into the unconscious so that the unconscious can perform the that in, internal unconscious search for solutions and for new ways of doing things. Do I understand that correctly?
1: It's, it's absolutely correct. And of course, when people would come to see Milton Erickson, they were coming for hypnosis, but he would not put them into trance. They would put themselves into trance in an indirect way. And um, now we know, certainly I know a lot more methods of helping people to go into trance and and helping them to to, um, uh, be the locus of their center of making the change that they need to make. But in the beginning, this was the technique that was used.
0: Yeah and then when i'm thinking about that you know in many therapies nowadays the it's actually uh, some kind of dogma that actually it's important for, for example when i was uh, learning cbt uh, they they put a lot of uh, uh, a lot of uh, you know emphasis on the fact that when you work with a client on their cognitive style on their thinking the valuable part is when the client actually comes to the uh, to the solution when they you know you ask them questions in such a way that they actually figure out that something is not the most reasonable way of thinking about you know something Mm -hmm. but i think that the burden of responsibility for effective psychotherapy placed on a client is actually very important crucially important in hypnosis because even nowadays many people think about hypnosis in such a way that actually a therapist puts someone into a trance and puts uh, you know those magical uh, kind of uh, fairy tale statements called suggestions uh, and you know so so the magic happens uh, by means of therapist putting suggest suggestions into the client's head and programming them to do things in a different way and when you think about the hypnosis therapeutic hypnosis uh, that dr erickson and dr rossi and we are now developing also it's totally different right and it's important to
1: well, it's, it's yes, it's, it's the opposite of what we're actually taught in graduate school. We're taught in graduate school that the therapist needs to make the plan. The therapist needs to follow through with this plan. You know, so you make the diagnosis, you make the treatment plan, and then you're following through that week after week. And while that can be effective, it's even more effective if the solutions are coming from the client and the therapist becomes almost like um, recognizing when that's happening.
0: Mm-hmm. And is it, uh, isn't that also one of the key uh, statements of the utilization approach that the client has actually all the tools and all the means of uh, Creating the change within themselves. It's just uh, the 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 main I, the the main thing is to actually uh, rearrange them in some way with with the client and put them into their best use.
1: Well, you know, yes, and of course you put that in a very linear fashion. When you start adding the levels of consciousness to that. Of the unconscious, the subconscious, the pre-conscious, you know, uh, this sort of thing, that, that it, it becomes more understandable that during the, the time of, of trance, and everybody goes into trance at least every 90 minutes. You're in trance right now, Jan, I'm looking at you, I know you're in trance. I'm you deeply can... focused you can, you know, focused attention and expectancy is one of the definitions of um, of therapeutic hypnosis. And this is what Erickson knew. When a person was in that state naturally, he didn't have to do a formal induction. And for a person who's has a problem, they know what their problem is. We're talking about In the case of this this paper on the burden of responsibility for effective psychotherapy, it happened to be people with physical difficulties. And uh, so they were more than familiar with that, but they needed to experience it from a different point of view. And that's where the utilization comes in. I mean, when was the last time somebody asked you to tell a story and then to tell your story again, and to tell your story again, so at each time your story is going to be modified. It's a natural thing, and when that dovetails with with the the natural time to go into trance, it creates an opportunity to use that which you didn't realize that you had
0: in a different way
1: in a different way. it's it's And when you think about just in daily life, when you have a difficulty and you're telling your friend about your difficulty, and then the next day you're telling a different friend and a different friend, and then all of a sudden you, you can find that you have a different way of looking at it, which takes a lot of time. But in the context of psychotherapy, It can shorten that, and uh, but that you're not just repeating the same thing over and over again.
0: Each time it's a bit different.
1: Yeah, each time there's a little something that gets added, there's a little something that's subtracted. And the way that what makes us human is we're always growing. So we're always letting something go, and we're always adding something. And um, when people come into psychotherapy, they're mo- most often they're are kind of stuck. You know, there's a certain like you know rigidity. You know, with with needing to step out of that. And um, and also when when one takes responsibility for their own life, instead of waiting for somebody to tell them what to do. This is a really big change. And so what Erickson pointed out is that um, that this burden of responsibility, it goes across the board for any psychotherapy. And so for a person to come in to, to hypnosis and they're still saying, doctor, 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 you know I want you to put me in a trance. I want you to make the suggestions. I want you to do the healing. Um, as Erickson would say, and, and therapeutic hypnosis can fail just like everything else. So it's not a sure bet kind of thing. But imagine this concept this, that, that the concept of helping that client want to be motivated to make the changes and to take responsibility for the changes. It's a whole other ball of wax, as they say, because when people come in and they're looking at you and they're saying, doctor, 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 help me. And you are saying, oh, I want to help this person. I really want to help this person. And so your mind is going, going, going. What am I going to say? How am I going to say it? You know, what situation am I going to set up? This sort of thing. That's what we're taught to do in school but when you kick back a little bit and say wait a second if i'm doing all the work and you're just receiving the chance of you making the adequate changes you need to make is kind of small
0: it's like it's like in in the old way of doing hypnosis when people were imposing suggestions on others and <laughs> I think that it was in the article called uh, hypnotic psychotherapy that Erickson said that the effect of that uh, straight direct suggestion is just, uh, is very limited. And it's, you know, based on the need of uh, satisfying the the hypnotist demands or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that the real change comes actually from real resynthesis and uh, mm-hmm. alteration of the inner processes, inner associations, patients own resources, and you know, all those mm-hmm. stuff that people have insight in a creative manner, isn't it? And, and,
1: and surprise. You know, that, that when, when, when you've told your story like four times and each time when it gets to the part of how do I benefit for the, by, by this, you know, what do I want in the future? And when each time that's different, that's a surprise. And that kind of, you know, it's, it's like shock. You know, I, 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 didn't, I didn't know I had that in me. And it's like, that's right. What else is in you? that's going to help take you further
0: yeah deepens the, the
1: that it, that that it deepens it the novelty. So, yes and so some of these things that 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 you as a therapist to be able to observe that it's like i would have never selected that word that this person is using i would put it in a different way and of course, you know, you you utilize as a therapist the actual words that people say mm-hmm. so that you can feed them back, or at least be pointing out, wow, that's that's really different now, isn't it? And to be able to have the person to say, yes, it is, and say, Did you really discover that on your own? Well, yes, I did. So you you begin to ratify this experience that, of course, you can do it attitude. Mm -hmm. And when somebody comes in to see me, I know they're so much wiser about themselves than I'm ever going to be about them. Yeah. I know that. You know, you know you better than anybody. So that's the attitude that I come with. And of course, you know, uh, every therapist, we've, we've learned methods. And so when you call upon a method that you think is going to be potentially effective in the situation, you know, you bring that up. Or if you see a person is going down a path that that uh, has a potential of being really destructive, right? Well, then, you know, you speak up and you say, well, I'm wondering about the wisdom of that. Can you tell me about the wisdom of that? So you're not just Passively being there, even if you're silent, there's a lot that's going on on the inside of you. But hopefully, what's going on in the inside of you as a therapist is this wonder. I wonder what they're going to come up with next. I wonder, um, you know, what how I uh, can encourage them. And I wonder if when they get to a solution, because sometimes people do actually come up with solutions i wonder how i can feed this back to this person so they don't lose it
0: so the attitude of being supportive and curious about what's going to happen next Mm -hmm. and it creates no
1: you've done it right as a therapist when you're not tired at the end of the session Mm -hmm. that's actually my guideline and you brought up something a few minutes ago uh you know the people pleasing thing is that the 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 client's really going to want to please you you know so when you tell them at least some of them (laughs) at least some of them you know they're and and um I, I use various statements so that, um, that people don't go, don't try to please me. And it's like, well, you know, you can trust, but verify, you know, you need to make sure this is good for you. And um, so in building in that individual ability to question what's been, what's been said and what you're going to take in for yourself. Is that making sense?
0: Sure it does. I'm just thinking, you know, about all that. Very important insights.
1: Well, and ultimately, and I'm really serious about therapists taking care of themselves. I've seen too many people, they get to the end of the day and they're just crawling home. They're so exhausted and that they're taking on personally the problem of the client you know their mirror neurons are just so involved and they're Mm -hmm. and and they're just exhausted and so they're not leaving work at the office they're taking it home they're going over and over and over in their mind about the session and that's the therapist that's working harder than the client Mm -hmm. and um it's very important that the therapist not work harder than the client That's, that's the feedback loop for the therapist. And I got to tell you, it's amusing.
0: Yeah. And and that's also, that's also the difference between the therapist following the client and the Mm. therapist trying to drag the client somewhere. Right.
1: Oh, that's, that's interesting because that's the other thing is that uh, almost all the time I follow, I don't lead. Even if I'm the first one to speak, I'm picking up minimal cues. And um, maybe I'm a silly person, but I don't like people telling me what to do, do you? Neither. Right, now generally when you ask people this question, they say, that's right, I don't like to be told what to do. And so how can we honor that? I mean, you can see I'm smiling and I'm happy and things it, because these kind of basic truths, mm-hmm. how wonderful to be able to adapt them, you know, for for doing psychotherapy. And um, it is a trick, you know, it's a, it's a different orientation, not telling people what to do and, and by following. But when you do have when you work it out where that's making sense to follow rather than lead, it's easier to shift the burden of responsibility to the client.
0: Yeah, and the, in, in this way we can you know always say that they worked hard enough yes. to the point that they were ready to face their yes. the challenge.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And keeping in mind, in understanding chronobiology is that we work, we as humans work in an uh, hour and a half to two hours section. And then the another unit of work comes. So when a person comes for a psychotherapy session, they're going to maybe they're going to solve the whole problem right then and there. I love the one session cures. I always look for them. But you know, but maybe it's going to take more than that. And so to be able to say, you know, you've really made some headway here. You know, that that maybe the rest of it is going to come to you when you're sleeping tonight yeah. and you're going to wake up tomorrow morning with new directions. And Mm -hmm. if it isn't tomorrow morning, maybe it's next week or, you know, but in, in, helping to, again, help have the, the client go within to kind of work through what they need to work through. Mm
0: -hmm. Plus there are physiological basis for, uh, for us to actually believe that there are some changes that don't happen over time and that, you know. Mm -hmm psychotherapeutic session is just a start and then things are progressing on their own you know in dreams uh, where where the gene expression operates Mm -hmm. and some genes uh, can express within minutes some within hours and some within weeks or even months after Mm -hmm. the intervention so there's this uh this whole kind of you know process that that is going on on based you know on what what is going on what happened during the session it, it, it some of the parts may take like minutes and others can develop through days weeks months and people will see some of the outcomes right away and some others after some period of time
1: oh absolutely and then the trick is capture it. You know, um, this is, I know we've talked a little bit about the four stages of the creative Mm -hmm. cycle, but you know, in stage three, when you get the aha, um, that a lot of times those are tender and a lot of times they're small, Mm -hmm. but the therapist often can capture that aha. You know, to be able to say, you know, you got up to this particular point, and creative it was moment. good. Yeah, that 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 was, you know. Uh, well, I don't tell people that was their creative moment. I ask them. You know, could it be that this 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 thought, this gesture, this you know relaxation of your eyes, mm-hmm. the uh, relaxation of your face the, um, uh, calmer breathing, like, you know, it can be all kinds of things could, you know, could that be a sign of a stage three of something that is, is resolved or is on its way to be resolved. So there's ways of, of helping people to feel rightfully so good about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And then if you're going to see them next week that that you don't quite pick up where you've left off. You have it in mind, but most of the time people come in and they've got a whole different issue that they want to talk about than what they did last week. And so in staying with the moment and and again encouraging and helping them to take responsibility for, for their own therapy, that um, my experience is that once once people understand this, they love it. They feel really respected. You really think that I have what I need inside of me, don't you? It's like, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a question of, of um, how to tease it out of you. And maybe you're missing certain pieces of information that you have to learn, but that capacity that you have on the inside of yourself to learn, to search, to find, especially if you have support. And that to me is what psychotherapy is, is that you've got your, your, as a psychotherapist, you're supporting that client to be their best self in the moment. And even if they come in and they're on bad behavior, sometimes people do, it's like well you go for that you know you really be you and let's see what happens next
0: it's quite uh, quite similar to rogerian approach in some Mm -hmm. ways yes this this acceptance bit around yes and facilitating that okay so that that was a great conversation this was another episode of our experiencing consciousness podcast thank you for being with us
1: thank you jan you're the best be well be happy celebrate life